This is episode 99 of the Swallow Your Pride podcast, and today's guest is Katie Goline. She completed her undergrad at Central Michigan University and her master's at the University of Toledo. She's originally from Michigan and moved to the Tampa Bay area in Florida after grad school to begin her CF in skilled nursing. She's since moved to St. Petersburg, Florida, and continues to work full-time in skilled nursing, PRN, and acute care, and she's currently in the process of beginning her own private practice. Welcome to the Swallow Your Pride podcast. I'm your host, Teresa Richard. I'm a board-certified specialist in swallowing and swallowing disorders, and I know firsthand how much confusing and conflicting information there is out there about how we assess and treat swallowing disorders. This podcast is all about bringing everyone together, getting on the same page, being open to new ideas, and using evidence-based treatment strategies for our patients with dysphagia. So let's get into it. Just a quick disclaimer that all statements and opinions expressed in this episode do not reflect on the organizations associated with the speakers and are their own opinions solely. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode 99. How bananas is that? So we have a huge episode planned for next week for episode 100. We have a super, super, super special guest coming on. She's someone that is so near and dear to my heart and someone that has been pretty much 100% responsible for my career. So um, when she agreed to come on last year, (laughs) we've had some scheduling difficulties, but I said, I need to get you on for the 100th episode. So she will be coming on next week. And what's also totally insane is that also this week, we should hit 1 million downloads which is totally bananas as well, because you guys remember when I just started this thing and it was just me rambling and hoping maybe a hundred of my friends would listen. So um, the fact that there's been a hundred, oh my God, not a (laughs) hundred, a million downloads of this podcast is nuts. So thank you to all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Like I said, we're going to be doing some gigantic giveaways next week in honor of that. Um, I did want to mention that we are having our first MetaSLP Collective live event, and it's going to be September 6th and 7th. It's going to be here in Buffalo because I'm exhausted and can't travel anymore this year. (laughs) So I'm sorry you have to come to Buffalo, but you'll have a great time, and um, Niagara Falls is here too. But anyways, if you are interested in this, what we are doing is it's been registered for 1.0 ASHA CEUs, which is 10 hours of ASHA CEUs, and... We're doing it very differently in that it's going to be all interactive roundtable style. So we're going to have different researchers, different mentors, different professors, even grad students all sitting at these same roundtables discussing some really interesting clinical cases in all different settings and amongst all different conditions that we treat depending on which areas you choose. So I really, really, really like this type of learning environment and also Um, I've had a few professors kind of chime in on some different learning models that have really been encouraged by ASHA and um, basically, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, however they want grad students to learn um, the different education models. So I'm really excited to be able to put some of those into play. So um, if you are interested in attending, like I said, it's September 6th and 7th, it's here in Buffalo. Um, it's only open to members of the MedSLP Collective, but I would hate for you to miss out on this event because you missed enrollment and things like that. So um, if you want to come, <laughs> just email support at medslpcollective.com. 
We'll let you into the collective and you can also sign up for this event because I would love to have you if it's something that you would love to come to. So just wanted to put that out there and... And I hope you all enjoy this conversation with Katie. I know this is a really hard conversation for her to have because we've all been in some really sticky supervision situations before, whether we've been thrown into supervising or basically told by our supervisor that we're now a supervisor, um, or you've been dreaming of being a supervisor because you want to give back to the profession and it just doesn't turn out the way you want. So I'm so proud of Katie for coming on and telling, talking about this story because it's really hard to talk about for her, I know. Um, but I think hopefully you will all take away some really good nuggets of information about how to really go about this supervision piece. Because as much as we, you know, complain that grad students aren't getting good education or, you know, they're not coming out prepared, we've got to help to bridge that gap and to help be that missing link and to figure out, you know, is this person going to be someone that could work in our field and help our patients, or does this person need a lot more work and a lot more direction? So um, I know these are some tough conversations to have, but they're really crucial for getting our field moving in the right direction and in the direction that we all so badly want it to. So hope you all really enjoy this episode. Hi, Katie. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for being on here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm so excited to have you here. I think I, I'm so proud of you for coming on because you were like, I'm scared. I'm nervous. It's out of my comfort zone. And you're like, but I should do it anyways. And I was like, yes. Yes, so, exactly. Well, I found all right. that, you know, all the things that push you out of your comfort zone are where you're going to make the most growth. So. Yes, I love it. I love it. Okay. So tell people who you are, Katie. I'm Katie Goleen. Um, I am originally from Michigan. I went to undergrad at Central Michigan University and grad school at the University of Toledo. And then after grad school, I really wanted to pursue the medical side of speech pathology. And I was finding all of the CFs up in Michigan were in schools and I just wasn't having luck. So I applied all over the place and I ended up in Florida in the Tampa Bay area in a SNF. And now I live up in St. Petersburg working at a different SNF and then IPRN in acute care as well. Awesome. I love it. So you were one of those that couldn't find a CF in your town. So you ended up moving elsewhere and finding one. Yep. I was like, it's either now it. or never. I'm never going to leave if I don't now. Yes. yes. <laughs> it worked out well. Awesome. Good. I love it, Katie. Okay. So what are we going to talk about today? Um, I wanted to come on and kind of share my experience with taking on students. Okay. Awesome. I have had two and I've had very different experiences and I think it will be beneficial to share some information with people. Awesome. All right. So where should we start? All right. So like I said before, I've had two different students. I've been a medical SLP for about years and I just had my first student about a year ago and I'm currently with my second student now. This week is her last week and I've learned a lot through both of the process and hope to take on more. And I think it's really important because, you know, I know on your podcasts and in the Facebook groups and everything, we always talk about bridging the gap between grad school and like the real world or the real working world. Because I know when I was a student coming yeah. out into the real world, I felt so lost and, you know, yeah. minimal education on certain subjects and whatnot. So um, 
Yeah, so both of my students had very different learning styles. And I think when you take on a student, it's really important to have that conversation with them, like sit down with them either before they start or on their first day and figure out what their learning style is and like what kind of feedback they like and what works best for them. Both of them, like I said, were very different and I've provided both written and verbal feedback in order to improve their carryover throughout their internship. Um, So my first experience I had, it was more hands-on from start to finish. Let me, let me stop you a second, Katie. Did, did you, did you volunteer to have a student or was it something like your supervisor said, you're getting a student Monday? Yeah. So my supervisor, she kind of, she asked, but it was kind of like, we have a student starting. I mean, I work with, there's four full-time SLPs at my building. At the time, I think I was probably the most uh, like enthusiastic about the learning part of our field and like diving into research and all of that. And I was really nervous. Don't get me wrong. I I think I told her no at first, actually. I was like, no, like I'm not ready for that. Like it's too early in my career. I I don't know. I don't trust myself. And then I thought about it and I was like, no, I think this will be good. Like I want to work on, you know, like I said, bridging that gap and teaching them what I know. And I felt like I've grown a lot in my professional career and I'll get into a little bit more of that later on, but yeah. So I I wasn't totally thrown into it and I was kind of given a choice, but yeah. 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 I, I love that we're talking about this today because I think now, you know, you love your experience now that we'll obviously get into, but I think so many times, so many SLPs are like, I'm getting a student Monday. What do I need to do? You know, and, and as much as we talk about how much of a disservice that is to the student or to the students, it's such a disservice to the SLP too, because a lot, nobody teaches us these things. Like nobody teaches us how to have a student, like how to, you know, some universities I know are doing a lot of outreach now. Like if you are going to be one of our supervisors, these are kind of ways to facilitate learning and things like that. But for a lot of people, you're just kind of up a crick without a paddle. So. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So sorry, Katie, I totally interrupted you. So go ahead. Yeah. So my first experience was definitely more hands-on from start to finish. My student demonstrated the need for more supervision and she benefited from more written feedback on top of verbal feedback and giving her, like having her type notes and then me printing them out as she wrote them and editing them for her so she could go back and do the edits to improve that carryover. I, you know, it was my first experience with a student and I really had no idea what to expect. So it was a learning curve for both of us. Ultimately, I was not able to pass my student. And I'll go into some more detail on that in a few minutes. And it's, you know, it's really hard to admit that. And I felt... Kind of, I was really struggling at that time, like with what to do. But I think it's super important to share the information with everyone because, you know, you never know who's in a similar position. And I did feel really overwhelmed during it. And I mean, some of my coworkers, like the PTAs and CODAs, they had students, but I had not run into anyone who had ever had to like fail their student or not let them pass. 
And then it was actually at the inner circle retreat when I talked to someone there, someone came up and shared her experience. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I literally just went through this. And it really inspired me to believe that sharing my experience with others would be helpful for them, which is ultimately why I wanted to come on to the podcast today. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. So tell me a little bit about kind of the, the dynamic with, with speaking with the university and telling them, you know, I, I just really can't, because I know you felt a lot of personal guilt too, mm-hmm. that you didn't do the right things and things like that. And, you know, of course we always have to look in the mirror when things don't go right, but you know, there's only so much hand holding we can do, you know? So was the university receptive? Were they appreciative of your feedback? Yeah. So I'm trying to think back to, I mean, it had to have been around her midterm time when I was like going through and evaluating everything and kind of thinking back on, you know, reflecting on how she was doing and how independent she was and how much help she still needed. And I just remember and at that mid, cause her internship was like three months, I think. And so that midterm was like a month and a half into it. And we were still working on like basic things. So I, I think maybe prior to filling that out, like the week before I filled out her midterm, I had emailed her supervisor at the university and just kind of updated her on the situation. And then I had filled out the midterm and because of the score that she got on it, they had her develop a plan of action, but they were very, you know, receptive. One of them even got on the phone with me one day so that we could talk like more um, freely versus like through email. Yeah. Yeah. And she was, you know, really wanting to know like what she could do to help. She was wondering what I, you know, what I was coming across, what I was noticing. She gave me some tips on, you know, different ways to give students feedback because obviously, you know, they work with students all the time. So they know how to work with them on all of that stuff. But yeah, And I had multiple conversations with them throughout the whole semester, both in person and via email. Yeah. And they were helpful, but I, I don't know. I don't know that they really got the underlying thing behind it. The whole, you know, I don't feel like she was prepared coming out of her classes to come into this internship. And this was her last internship. She was graduating with her master's degree right after she was done with me and then would have started her CF year. Yeah. And, and I think that too, like ultimately as the supervisor, we need to decide if that person could be independent and safe. We work in a medical field with medically fragile patients and we could do serious harm if we don't know what we're doing and we're not 100% providing evidence-based care. Yeah. And I, I think that like, I just kept rolling that through my mind. I was like, I just, I don't feel safe with this. I don't feel like I ethically, and not just like to her possible future patients, but I did, I thought that that would do a disservice to her as well. Yes. Sending her out in the world unprepared. Yeah. And, you know, we, I tried different 
feedback approaches. I tried giving her, you know, I gave her bullet point lists of things that you want to address in a note, in an eval. I gave her resources, articles, your podcast to listen to. And it's, you know, I felt really bad because she, it wasn't that she wasn't motivated. There was just some kind of disconnect. Like it wasn't entirely her fault. There was just, I don't know. I just didn't feel that she was able to completely understand the whole process. Like, why are we evaluating this patient? What are we noticing during our evaluation? What are our goals that we're targeting? Why are we targeting those goals? And then choosing tasks to target those goals. You know, she could imitate me and carry out a task. She could imitate me and give a test the way that I said it, but I did not get the feeling that she completely understood the why behind it all. Gotcha. But again, you know, she was my responsibility and I didn't feel comfortable sending her out into the world. Yes. Yeah. I really do sincerely hope that she's thriving in this profession. I hope that, you know, she got a second chance at an internship and found her niche in the field. But I do like one piece of advice I would give to anyone taking a student is that, you know, present yourself so that you're approachable and it's important to keep the lines of communication open throughout the process so that they feel comfortable coming to you with questions and feedback. Yeah. 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 So do you know where she is now, Katie, or no? I don't. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, you know, I, I even when I sat down with her during her final and it was emotional, but yeah, I explained to her my reasoning behind everything. And I was like, I told her, I hope you, you know, find your niche one day and that you thrive in this field. And if you ever need anything or anybody to reach out to, if you ever have any questions about anything, like, please don't hesitate to contact me. So I really, I'm not sure if she went back and finished. I I don't even know if she went back and did another internship, but the other part to it, I guess, is that when I emailed her professors, like right before I was supposed to fill out her final. And I was like, Hey, this is the situation. The grade that I'm giving her, I don't think is going to be a passing grade. So like, I'm I'm not sure like where that leaves her. And they were like, well, if you don't pass her, then she fails her externship. That's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. A lot, a lot of pressure. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know you struggled with that, Katie. So I'm, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not easy from any, per, any perspective, like any way you look at it, because it's like what, you know, what happened at the university level that she didn't get the underlying knowledge to, you know, be able to critically think about these patients and what happened like in the other externships that she passed, but then didn't hear, you know, and then it's, it's, there's just so many places that things could have happened to fall through the cracks. And I think, I'm so proud of you because I think we have to be that critical. Like we're, Mm -hmm. we're working so hard to elevate this profession and make it what it should be and get the respect that we deserve. And if we're passing people because it's just the thing to do when they really don't have the good critical thinking skills that we need. And like you said, you know, just the thought of her going out and treating patients is, you know, that, that's, that really is our responsibility. So, I mean, I I know you struggled with this, but I'm proud of you for, 
for doing it. And I know you learned so much from it. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so, and you know, I did think about that too. And I was like, I wonder how she did in her last externship. Like it couldn't yeah. be like, this couldn't yeah. be the like downfall of it. I don't know. Yeah. And yeah. So that's why, you know, another message I want to share with people is yeah. that like you yeah. have to be that person. And yeah. I mean, it's your responsibility. You can't just pass somebody because you feel bad for failing them. It's really not doing us any service to that individual or future patients. Yeah. 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 So tell us what you learned and where you went from there, Katie. Yeah. So learned so much about just how to approach the situation and how to, you know, make myself more available as the supervisor. I mean, I, I feel like I made myself available, but I don't know. I totally approached my second experience totally differently. So my current student is wonderful. She is very independent. This is her second career. So she's kind of already been out in the world and she worked like hands-on with people in the community and stuff. So she's got very good, very personable, good communication skills. She was very independent from the beginning and she progressed really rapidly her learning style was different. It was mostly like kind of watching me and listening to me explain things and then trying it herself. And she picked up on things pretty quickly. So most of her feedback has been verbal. I do think that it was very beneficial. She carries around a notebook with her and she was literally taking notes on everything like for the first few weeks or whatever. And she still goes back and references those. So I think that was very helpful for her. But yeah, she's doing great and I'm excited for her to, you know, be done this week and start her own career. And, and it was really exciting just to teach her what I know and to pass on that information. It's always exciting to kind of help mold new people in the field. And it is. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad that you had a better second experience. Yeah. Do you, did you do things a lot differently in that? Like, cause I think I know one thing that keeps coming up. I, I had a really horrific student experience as well. And, you know, you have to look in the mirror and reflect back on it. And I think kind of the big thing was not setting the right expectations from day one. Like, I think I, it, it's, it's a big issue in our area because there's some really good grad programs and there's some very weak grad programs. And a lot of places around here won't even take students from some of the weaker programs anymore because of this reason. And I was supervising this, this one student. And I think I just assumed that she would know every, like would know how to present herself would. And, and it was like a few weeks in that I had to have this like huge, like come to Jesus meeting with her, you know? And she's like, I didn't know I was expected to do things like that. And I was like, are you kidding? Like, that's why you're here. Like, but, (laughs) but you know, I mean, you're never supposed to assume things, but I really just thought those were like unwritten rules of why you were a student here. But that's the one thing that I learned. And that's what I just tell everybody is like day one, get on the same page. You know, this is what you're responsible for. This is, you know, let me know how you communicate best. As you said, you know, how do you receive feedback best? Mm-hmm. Things like that. So I, I've learned a lot along the way too, but it's nobody teaches us how to do this stuff. So, right, you know, exactly. I know, you know, Ash is requiring a new, you know, a CEU course to, to do this, but I still don't know that you're going to get everything you need to know in just that course, but let's, we can hope. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Actually, I was just looking it up on Asha yesterday 
And January 1st, 2020, we will be required to complete two hours for supervision. But yeah, I mean, even I've even learned things through this experience too, that I might, you know, tweak in the future if I take on more students, which I hope to. Yeah. But yeah, I think like, just like any other area of our field, it's important to do your research in this because we really have no experience. We don't have a right grad student supervisor class that we take. Right. Right. You know, it's always good to either reach out to people or coworkers or fellow SLPs that have had this experience or do your own research. There's actually like quite a few articles too on like supervising. And of course the Med SLP Collective has a couple of good resources on there as well that I have found helpful. Awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. We are going to have a whole supervision series for CEUs as well. So I'm excited about that. But awesome. yeah, because I'm sure we'll all learn a lot about what we are not doing right when taking students. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's room for all of us to learn. So yeah. All right. So where are we going now, Katie? Just, you know, to wrap things up, it was very stressful at times, and but it ultimately challenged me to be a better clinician. I think it was around the time that I had my first student that I discovered the Med SLP Collective, and that opened up so many more opportunities for me to grow my career and my skills as an SLP. And it really actually made me excited about my job again. It made me question every task I was doing with my patients and every goal that I wrote. It held me accountable to providing the best care for my patients and the most evidence-based practice so that I could be a good example for my student in order to help mold and create a good clinician that I felt confident in releasing into the professional world. And despite the challenges that I faced, I wouldn't take back that first experience because ultimately it's pushed me out of my comfort zone and inspired me to be better. Awesome. I love it. And I love too, that you've also stepped out of your comfort zone and you're now doing PRN at acute care. And now you've also decided to start doing private practice too. I am. Yes. I don't know if I was supposed to say that. Oh yeah, that's fine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that's very new. <laughs> um, I'm in the beginning stages. I mean, I have everything set up. I just am working on marketing and like getting myself out there and everything. But yeah, that's a very exciting adventure that I'm going on. <laughs> yes, I love it. I, I love to watch your growth over the last few years, Katie. It's been so exciting and so inspiring. And I just hope that so many other SLPs learn from your experiences, unfortunately. So thank you for being the guinea pig for a lot of that. <laughs> anytime, anytime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for letting me come on here too and share my experience. Of course. Is there anything else you want to add? Nope, I think that's yeah. it. All right. Well, thanks, Katie. It's wonderful. Thank you. All right. So if you would love to hear more of these episodes and get some easily digestible bites of swallowing knowledge, then please leave a review on iTunes or pledge a small amount on patreon.com forward slash swallow your pride because that is what keeps these episodes coming. Also, don't forget to subscribe, share with your closest colleagues, and show notes will always be available to download over on swallowyourpridepodcast.com where you can also be notified of the latest podcast episodes. Also, credit to Stephanie Jacobson for her incredible editing skills and thank you so much to all of you for listening.